This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Clagan, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you, Jason Kong, here with Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you doing today? Happy to be here. Excellent. Um, I'm glad we've got a wonderful show lined up for today, and let's get right into it. This is a topic that we've discussed discussed and discussed, I guess, a, a little bit as well. But we've discussed uh, multiple times in the past, and you know that kind of has to do with social isolation and that can be something that can creep up on folks that um you know if family members aren't quite paying attention that could be something and it's it's pretty serious as well it's pretty serious and it's actually pretty common as older adults get older uh, they tend to be a little less active out in the community a lot of their circle of friends may have passed on they tend to be a little less mobile Um, there could be uh, some cognitive impairment or some depression that makes a person a little less likely to go out Um, and a lot of times people really just assume that depression is normal with aging, but the reality of it, it really isn't. And a lot of times what happens to older adults is it's really situational because of where they're living and the fact that perhaps family isn't able to visit as much. And so I'm super excited to have a guest with us today. Her name is Victoria Sosa, and she's the marketing director of Cambridge Village of Apex, which is a retirement community. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about the impacts of social isolation and really some things that families need to look out for and why maybe moving into an independent living community might make sense. Yes, thank you. I appreciate you having me here today. Um, So I think a a big fear for people is that huge change coming from your house, you know, into a community is very scary. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so many huge benefits and we, we hear it and see it with even our residents right now. Um, just the fact that they wish they would have done it sooner, mm-hmm. um, but they were kind of holding on to to stuff, their house, their things, um, you know, the normal way of life that they had at the time. Um, but there have been even recent studies just last year in New York Times, they had talked about the real rising, um, you know, epidemic of social isolation. There's not a lot of focus on mental health. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of, um, you know, programs I feel like that are kind of encouraging people and so in a retirement community and independent living um, by having all of this social enrichment and even trying new things I try to make it a positive Mm -hmm. with aging that this is your prime right now you're not raising kids you're Mm -hmm. not working you can try something new you can maybe meet other people Mm -hmm. make new friends and have that support system right there. So I think, you know, one of the biggest hesitations that older adults often have is they just feel like, well, I'm not just, I'm not ready yet. And Mm -hmm. I know that's a big frustration that when I talk to family caregivers, you know, mom might be 90 years old. Well, I'm not quite ready yet. And I think part of the problem is, is people have a picture in their mind of what communal living is versus what it really is. Right. There's that stigmatized Mm -hmm. idea of what their grandparents or Mm -hmm. even their parents were in. And a lot of it's educating. We have to kind of re-educate seniors or older adults that, hey, this can be like a resort style. I mean, you don't have to take care of anything. And it's, you know, where people are actually out and doing things. And we try to actually promote, 
you know, physical health as well as the the mental and emotional health as well. It's got to be a whole 360 aspect of, um, you know, care and, and aging and all of that. So... So one thing that's definitely different about how we age in the United States compared to other places around the world is that we age often very separate from our family members. A family unit doesn't care for that loved one when they're 80, 90 years old because families are so dispersed across Mm -hmm. the country. And so, um, you know, I think as time goes on, folks are going to really have to look a lot more closely at these types of more communal living environments because you really can't do this alone and becoming isolated is a huge health risk to death premature death actually yeah and actually the number one reason people move to our community is to be close to family but not living with family Mm -hmm. because sometimes there's the the child that's sandwiched between them Mm -hmm. them being a parent and then trying to take care of a parent Um, so they want to be able to still have their independence but be within you know a 15-20 minute drive and Mm -hmm. still have their own space so we're empowering them but also alleviating the caregiver status of the child and letting them be the child well definitely and you know it's (laughs) no matter how old you are you're always the child so sometimes it's hard to kind of move in with mom again or have mom move in with you (laughs) that role reversal it's kind of hard like you're not going to tell me what to do I don't want to have to do that but at the same time it's I try to um, encourage families to come and participate um, in different activities. If we have a, a show or concert, that they're able to come and spend time together um, so that it doesn't ever feel that there is that separation anymore. So Cambridge Village of Apex, that's considered an independent living community with supportive services, correct? Yes, actually we define ourselves as an optimal living community versus just the independent living. We want to not stick to just a kind of black and white Mm -hmm. Um, and by that again it's trying to help delay the onset of different um, health diseases um, as by being enriched and active as possible but we do have supportive services Mm -hmm. we do have 24-hour care um, but our goal is as many you know older adults do never never want to get to that point of needing assisted Mm -hmm. living so our goal is to try to be able to to see them improve Mm -hmm. Um, as much as possible and providing things that are easily accessible to them. But we do have that because that is going to be a need either way. So if somebody wanted to move into a community such as yours, what are some of the things that they need to still be able to do for themselves to be deemed appropriate for an initial move-in? They still need to be able to get around, whether that's with an assistive device such as, you know, a rollator or a cane. Um, They need to really be able to cognitively look at a calendar and say hey this is what the day is they could have some some you know types of dementia even Mm -hmm. early dementia and still be able to to function because of that calendar because of the routine and the environment you know every floor is a different color to help identify Mm -hmm. where you are um, and our Cambridge Connection ambassador program by getting them um, assimilated kind of into the community Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as any other health risks, you don't want to have somebody that's needing full-on hands, hands-on care okay. of a, an excess of three or four hours a day. It's kind of a general um, guideline that we go by because that way you're not paying for all these services that you're not even able to use at that point. That's why we encourage people to not wait until you feel like you need to move in. Because, then it's too late probably. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you could have maybe you know delayed some of those. Right. 
other issues or health issues. And that's something I think folks need to consider. If you start to notice things slipping at home, adding some support, such as this type of uh, senior living community, really can extend a person's ability to live independent longer because they're not struggling so hard. They have great nutrition, they have socialization, they have, you know, maybe a little boost in, in um, some physical assistance with, I'm sure you have um, such things as physical therapy on site and of that and things of that nature, yes? We do. We actually have um, wake meds, physical therapy and occupational therapy on site, but we also have over 20 exercise classes. Yeah. So. I mean, we really, and you don't have to sign up. It's easier than us having to get up and go and drive to a gym. You just have to walk downstairs <laughs> and show up. We try to make so there's no excuse. excuse. Exactly. No it's excuse easy. to be a couch potato. No, no excuse. <laughs> and it, a lot of the classes can be modified, and we try to make sure we look at any of their health assessments beforehand because a lot of times there's that fear of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so we make sure that we're guiding them in the right direction. So I, another question that I have for you is as far as, is there a continuum of care there? So if a person started to um, have some issues or if it was a, a couple that moved in together, say mm-hmm. a husband and wife, and then maybe the wife fell and she broke her hip and started having some more physical needs, you know, is it a type of place where the couple can still age together there or would there have to be a transition? Um, yes, they definitely could, and that's one of our things with our, our concierge care floor. Mm-hmm. Um, people can start receiving help in their apartments, and mm-hmm. then we do have a, a separate floor in which it's close to our nurse's office mm-hmm. because response time would be important. But it doesn't, the apartments are like two bedrooms or one bedroom, so they feel like they're still in a nice right. home environment and they're able to get the help. And it's not in a whole nother building. You don't feel ostracized from your friends. Right. Um, and then that way, the couple, whether one is you know more independent than the other, they can both thrive. So if folks want more information about you and your community, how would they go about reaching you? Um, you can go on our website, which is www.justcambridgevillageofapex.com. Um, and we also have our Facebook page as well. And I think that's a great way to go on and see actually the mm-hmm. pictures and all of the great fun activities that we do. So you could see kind of how happy and fulfilled a lot of our residents are and how you could be too. Victoria Sosa, Marketing Director of Cambridge Village of Apex Retirement Community. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. A quick break and back. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Hey, you can find more about Transitions Life Care online at transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, it is uh, getting towards the end of the year here, and that can only mean one thing. <laughs> <laughs> that we got to do our big Medicare show, and uh, got we've got open enrollment going on now, and there's a, there's a lot to unpack I, when it comes to Medicare. So yep. um, thankfully, we've devoted a, a large portion of the show here to that, and you've brought in uh, an expert when it comes to we Medicare. have, and you know we're just gonna pack our bags and get on that ship. Go <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> sailing down the ocean there. Well, I wanted to welcome uh, Melinda Munden. She is the deputy commissioner for SHIP in North Carolina. And first of all, let's just start off with that. What is SHIP? 
Well, thank you so much for um, having me today. Yes, we are very acronym heavy um, in our world. We so are. when I tell you what SHIP stands for, you'll understand why we do go ahead and condense it down. It stands for the Seniors Health Insurance Information Program, and we are a consumer information division within the Department of Insurance. Um, and what makes us uniquely different, Nicole, is that we merely just provide free information and education to Medicare beneficiaries. Um, as you just mentioned, it can be very confusing and very overwhelming. Um, and something important too, you know, Medicare we think of for people that are um, is just for seniors, age 65 and older, but there's also a disabled population um, that's on Medicare too. So um, we're there to help people navigate the process. Um, as you said, drive that ship down, <laughs> down the way um, and um, provide that free information and education. So we are in open enrollment. Yes. What in the world does that mean and what do we need to do? Well, I can tell you from our staff's perspective, um, this actually began back in 2006 when Medicare Part D came into play. And the open enrollment period at that time was November 15th through December 31st. So we're pretty grateful that they actually moved it up a few years ago. And it now is October 15th through December 7th. Wow. So just like those of us that are in the working world, we have the opportunity typically to change our health coverage every year, right? We have an yep. open enrollment period. Um, for us, I think we're pretty fortunate that we usually have maybe two or three choices. Um, in the Medicare world, it's very different. So during the Medicare open enrollment period of October 15th through December 7th, Medicare beneficiaries actually have that opportunity to review their prescription drug coverage, but they can also review if they have um, a Medicare Advantage plan and see if that's something that would work for them. And so where we in the working world have a few options, they have several. Mm. Um, and by several, you can mean dozens. Dozens, yeah. exactly. So... Um, the number of prescription drug plans that's available to people in North Carolina is over 20. Yeah. And then there's 96 Medicare Advantage options. So if you think about that, I know um, when I go home every day and get mail, oh. right? And you think of the solicitations more that you get. More from politicians or more from Medicare Advantage. Exactly. I, 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 I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm not. I, I <laughs> joke with people when they turn 65, I said, you're never going to feel so popular. Your mailbox <laughs> is going to be so full. You've got AARP, you've got. <laughs> Absolutely. And you probably have companies you've never even heard yeah, of. Yeah. And, and you see those solicitations and they all sound great, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And they are great. But it really is depending on the person. Um, there's a lot of factors that have to be um, taken into consideration. Well, and one thing that I think often happens is everybody waits until they get on Medicare, and then they're on Medicare, and then it's sort of like, oh, there was an old infomercial, set it and forget it. Yeah. I think a lot of people have the mindset, okay, I picked my plan, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to leave it like that for the next you know, 20 years, because a lot of folks were just used to all through their careers having the same health insurance plan. And then they make the assumption, well, this one looks like the one I used to have, so I'm just going to keep it. But that may or may not be the best one for them, correct? You Even from a year-to-year -year basis. Absolutely correct, Nicole. And you hit the nail on the head. I, I think of it in the sense that when we're working, and even for senior adults that had employer coverage when they were working or through a spouse, um, the coverage was pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Right. And the you know, spouse you and you had the same one. And you had the same one. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. So then you turn 65 and you get this card in the mail and it says hospital insurance and medical insurance. Okay. 
there's no prescription drug coverage, so you have to add that component. And there, there's Medicare supplements and this whole gamut of things to choose from. Mm-hmm. So every year when people have this opportunity, you're absolutely right. So I know I have two children. Mm-hmm. Both of my children take a regular prescription medication. Throughout the year, the dosage can change. Yep. Um, maybe the doctor gives you something to try for um, congestive heart failure. Yeah. Right? You take that medication, it's not working. So what happens? They prescribe you another one, right? Mm -hmm. So these prescription drug plans, for example, have formularies. And so a list of drugs that they're going to cover every single year. That formulary can change annually. Mm -hmm. The cost can change annually. The premium for the plan can change annually. The the pharmacies that these companies contract with can change annually. So, so many factors that people have to take into consideration that truthfully, a lot of times we don't even have to deal with Mm -hmm. in the working world. So it can get very overwhelming. Um, I've been doing this a long time. And I I say this with such um, passion in my heart. I feel seniors often feel like they should know these things. Yeah. So they are apprehensive to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And embarrassed. Embarrassed, right? And I I was a caregiver. And so I appreciate um, the comments from earlier Mm -hmm. about that. And, you know, watching my father age and and taking care of him. And yes, I was still his daughter. Mm -hmm. But he didn't want to come to me and ask for help because he just assumed that he should know how to do this and how to navigate the process. So um, we're so fortunate at SHIP that we are a free resource. Um, We actually talk to people on the phone. Mm -hmm. They can actually come visit us face to face um, and work through this process. Well, and the other thing, too, that, you know, on top of just it's so completely confusing, the letters might be not the right size for a person to be able to see. You might be dealing with a person who may have some cognitive impairment issues trying to make these decisions. And so when you compound all those things, it gets really confusing. Absolutely. And and the nice thing, too, I think with SHIP is that because we are – um, a separate resource, it takes that pressure off a caregiver and the beneficiary themselves. And, and they feel um, that they're in good hands. Mm-hmm. And we don't endorse any company. We mm-hmm. can't. We have to provide free, unbiased information. So we are using tools that are through the federal government. We use the Medicare.gov website. And we <laughs> well, that's put a beast. that's a beast, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten better. I will say that. Wow. But we put in a person's um, prescriptions the strength, how many times a day they take it, their pharmacy of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the computer does the works, uh, the work for us. Um, and it comes back with every plan that's offered, are the medications on the formulary, and what's going to be the most cost effective for the person. You know, you're also dealing with, um, and I, we tend to throw these words around because it's just common language for us, but, you know, we've talked about a monthly premium. Some plans have deductibles. Some do not. Some have co-payments. Some have co-insurance. And these, this terminology is hard for people to understand. It's hard for us to understand, and we do it every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, But just taking that information and putting it in layman's terms so people can make the best choice for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think that's amazing. And so the SHIP program, if folks were to call that, is, um, I mean, do they have to go through a whole bunch of prompts? Because I know that's another piece or do they just get right through to somebody who can help them there it it did change a few years ago we do have a toll-free number and it is an automated menu I wish it wasn't but it it is okay um but I promise it's not that many steps um and And you talk to people right here we talk to people right here we have a staff right here in Raleigh Mm -hmm. um and 
I mean, we're so fortunate. One of the greatest things I think about our program is our volunteer network. So in North Carolina, we have 100 counties. Mm -hmm. We have a ship coordinating site, at least one in every single county in North Carolina, because some people like to sit down face to face with someone, right? And not have to, I would prefer not to pick up the phone and call someone. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So um, just to be able to go to a place, a trusted place in their community, usually they're in human service organizations, so um, senior centers, mm-hmm. Department on Aging. Um, I think it's pretty clear that I'm not a native North Carolinian, so when <laughs> I moved here and down east, we work closely with cooperative extension offices, mm-hmm. and I'll be truthful, in my ignorance, I was thinking 4-H and uh, yeah. <laughs> senior counseling, what's the, where, where's the connection here? But truly, that's where people go in the local community. So to sit down with a peer, mm-hmm. um, a trained certified volunteer, and to get that information locally is is huge as well. Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful resource. We've got Melinda Munden here in the studio. She is the Deputy Commissioner Director of the SHIP Program. That is through the North Carolina Department of Insurance. If you're looking for them online, you can go to ncdoi.com slash ship, and that's ship with two eyes. A quick break and back. We've got plenty of more to discuss when it comes to Medicare, and uh, we've got Melinda here to help us wade through it. So stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claygate from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. We've got a special guest here in the studio, and we're talking all about Medicare. We've got Melinda Munden in. She is the Deputy Commissioner Director with the SHIP program. That is through the North Carolina Department of Insurance. And, Nicole, we've got plenty more to get to, so let's get right back to it. I know you had a, a question you were burning to ask. I was. I just ran out of time, so um, can't can't compete with those commercials. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to hit on was, let's just say I picked a Medicare um, Part D, a drug plan, and then a couple months later, oh, this one isn't so good. Is it okay? Can I kind of say, hey, I didn't like this one. Can I pick a new one for the rest of the year? Unfortunately, not in most cases. Um, So when somebody does make a selection during the open enrollment period, which we said earlier is October 15th through December 7th, that coverage is going to start in January 1st of the following year. Okay. And... Unless there is a special circumstance, maybe you've moved, um, maybe you qualify for something called the Extra Help Program, and I can talk a little bit Mm -hmm. more about that as well. Um, Or if there were extenuating circumstances, um, maybe somebody encouraged you to sign up for it and it wasn't the right one. You know, it's pretty grim, but for the most part, you're in that plan for the calendar year. Mm -hmm. And that's why it is so important to take the time now to do those reviews. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, none of us have that magic magic ball, do we? And we don't know what's going to happen in the upcoming year. And it's really hard to um, make determinations based on the unknown. Mm -hmm. But, you know, insurance is you buy for the need, not for the risk kind right, of thing. Right. So um, if you think of it in those respects um, and you make the best decision based on the current situation, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, there are always things that can happen throughout the year as well. Maybe your doctor prescribes a medication that's not covered on the formulary. You can certainly um, make a request. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and an exception. And, and many, many, many times companies go ahead and approve that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but if those situations arise, Nicole, I would certainly encourage people to contact us. Um, we shot. are there <laughs> throughout the year. And, um, the wait time's not typically as busy as it is right now. Um, this is where you all earn your this um, is, tinsel marks in your hair. Exactly. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. Yeah. And um, But that it's, we're there as a resource. And, and certainly we'll um, dive deep and see if we can come up with some solutions. So you mentioned something about extra help. And I think extra helpings like Thanksgiving. I guess I have turkey on the brain. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit. Sure. So um, the extra help program is offered through the Social Security Administration, and it's so beneficial and such a wonderful program for people who are on Medicare. And in a nutshell, if people have limited income and resources, so there is an income and asset test, um, they may qualify for this extra help program, and it can help pay for the premium mm-hmm. for the Medicare prescription drug plan. It can also reduce um, the deductible if there is one. It can also reduce the co-pays to the prescriptions themselves for generics and brand names. Um, one of the other great things is it can afford a special enrollment opportunity for people to change their plan. Um, one of the things that is changing next year with Medicare, historically, people have been able to make those changes every month if they oh, are on okay. extra help, and that is changing next year. Um, they'll only be able to make one change every quarter okay. for the first um, nine months of the year. So it still gives some flexibility for that very reason that we were talking about. Maybe you're put on something that's not working. So um those asset and um, income um, amounts change every year. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, for the income, it's it's roughly about fourteen thousand mm-hmm. for someone that is single, and then about twenty. I think it's twenty eight thousand. So these, for this married. is sort of for the folks on the edge of being dual eligible for Medicare, Medicaid, right. not quite eligible for Medicaid, but boy, it's really pinching the pocket. Correct, mm-hmm. correct. And if someone feels that, I mean, if you have questions about it, again, call us. We can assist with those applications. It's very easy. Um, and it's easy to do. You can apply more than once. Mm-hmm. People's situations change, right? I mean, it's, right. it's the reality of it. We've mm-hmm. talked to people that said, I applied for that a couple of years ago and I was you know, denied, I, I was yeah. denied. Mm-hmm. You can do it again. And it's not just annually. If you want to apply every month, you can. <laughs> um, so it's a great program mm-hmm. um, for our Medicare beneficiaries. So I think that's wonderful. And, you know, something that I often heard about, but I think you alluded to the fact that there's a change with this, was you'd often heard about people who were falling in the donut hole. Yes. So um, when Medicare Part D came into place, it gave a great benefit to our senior adults because there was no prescription drug coverage for Medicare beneficiaries at that time. Mm-hmm. So they would deal with um, the drug manufacturers themselves. Um, in North Carolina, we used to have something called the Senior Care Program. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a great way for folks to get their prescription medications. And I think what is so impactful is when you realize how costly prescription medications can be. And so for Medicare beneficiaries, there was something called the donut hole. And 
Medicare beneficiaries, I'll try to make this as simple as sure. I can because it's pretty complex, um, would pay a copayment or a coinsurance amount. And then if they reached a certain limit, they fell into something called the donut hole. And years ago, they had to pay 100% of the drug costs. And I use this example from personal experience because my father mm-hmm. fell into this year after year. He had end-stage COPD, and he was put on two medications that were inhalers that had a full price of $250 a month, Mm. a month. So $500 just for those two medications. So he would fall into this donut hole, and what do you think would happen? He would, he was supposed to take it twice a day. He would stop. He didn't take it twice a day. And Mm -hmm. he would say to me, oh, I'm just going to take it once. And I'd say, dad, Mm -hmm. you, you know, you need to take it as it's being prescribed. And Mm -hmm. he'd say to me, I can't afford to do that because I need to pay for groceries or I need to pay for my electricity. And he was not destitute. I'm I'm being honest. It's it's expensive. (laughs) Exactly. So. When the Affordable Care Act was passed, one of the components was that it was going to close the donut hole. So every year, the percentage that people have to pay when they fall into that gap, Nicole, Mm -hmm. has become less and less. And so it's getting to that point. So people should next year, they're still going to pay a little bit more on the generics, but they should just pay the hopefully the same co-payment amount. That's good. So that's a well, good thing. Well, and if you think about it, it's going to end up costing the system more if people aren't paying their medicine because they're going to be in the hospital. They're I mean, gonna, it's a no-brainer. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's cyclical. It's seriously. It, it yeah. certainly is. So I know we wanted to hit on Medicare supplements, and we're not talking about our vitamins, our Flintstone vitamins or anything <laughs> like that. So we're getting out of the world of uh, prescriptions, I think, and moving into another direction. Yes. And, so, and I chuckle about this because <laughs> it's there's also we, we deal a lot with acronyms, but there's also... Um, terminology that means the exact same thing. So, <laughs> for example, Medicare Advantage is the same thing as Part C. Yeah, so, yeah. and Medicare supplements or Medigap policies. And Medigap policies or Medicare supplement plans um, work with original Medicare or mm-hmm. traditional Medicare, so the A and B card. And they're sold by private insurance companies. Um, and there are plenty of them that are standardized. And one of the things that we hear often throughout this time of year with the open enrollment period is that people assume that it's the open enrollment period for Medicare supplement plans, and it is not. Um, There is no annual open enrollment period for Medicare supplement plans. So what that means is that if you have a Medicare supplement plan and you're interested in looking at other options, you can certainly do that throughout the year, Um, but there are criteria in place. There may be medical um, underwriting involved. There's a lot of other facets to it, Nicole, Mm -hmm. but that is a question we get often saying, I have a plan G and I wanna look, I wanna switch to um, a plan C. During right now, (laughs) I know exactly adding more to it. So, um, not saying that people can't look at that, but there is no annual open enrollment period for the Medigap or Medicare supplement policies. Well, stick around. We've got plenty more to digest when it comes to Medicare, and to do that, we're gonna we're gonna keep Belinda here in the studio for one more segment. We've got Melinda Munden here. She is the deputy director, deputy commissioner director. (laughs) Melinda, you've got. So it's many. a mouthful. It is. It is. I, I need some cue cards here, but no, no, I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. She is the Deputy Commissioner Director of the SHIP Program that is through the North Carolina Department of Insurance. More on Medicare right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co-host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. We're talking all about Medicare right now, and to do that, we've got a special guest here in the studio, and that is Melinda Munden. She is a deputy commissioner with the North Carolina Department of Insurance and also the director of the Seniors Health Insurance Information Program, commonly known as SHIP. And Nicole... Toot, toot. That's right. (laughs) You are steering the ship right now, Nicole, so take it away. Well, you know, one of the things that I'm super passionate about is making sure that our older Adults don't get scammed, oh and I and I I don't know if these hit the mail yet. I wonder if they have. I'm quite sure you all are getting a lot of phone calls about these new Medicare cards and are these to be trusted and what's different about them. And talk to us a little bit. Yes. So exciting news this year in um, 2018 that um, Social Security and the federal government decided to go ahead and distribute new Medicare cards to all Medicare beneficiaries. And the reason for that is, do you know what was on the Medicare yes, card your before? Social Security number, and that's ridiculous. Absolutely. You're not supposed to carry that in your wallet. And right, <laughs> right, exactly. So here we have, and, and just to put this in perspective, we have 1.9 million Medicare beneficiaries in North Carolina alone. So almost 2 million. Huge, People walking right? around with those in their pockets. And they go to the doctor, and so they have this red, white, and blue card that they have gotten when they became Medicare eligible, so 65 for some and earlier for others. Mm-hmm. So um, for many years, they've been walking around with this. And it's been their Medicare or their Social Security number. So wisely, um, the federal government decided we're going to um, distribute new cards with new numbers. And it's a random selection of numbers and letters. And it's a unique identifier to every person. Mm-hmm. So sounds great and wonderful, right? And North Carolina's <laughs> wave started, I want to say it was supposed to happen, I think, August 29th. And it, it was within that time frame. So most people in North Carolina should have their new Medicare card mm-hmm. right now. But to your point... People are fearful whenever they get something in the mail. And it's like, what in the world is this, right? Well, and so many people make things that look exactly like Exactly. Or getting phone calls. Hi, this is so-and-so from Social Security. Or hi, this is so-and-so from Medicare. Let's confirm your new Medicare card number. Yes, please do not do that. (laughs) Yeah. Medicare, Social Security will never call you. And to your point, Nicole, We have heard already so many scams that are happening here in North Carolina, just to what I was speaking of. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody from Social Security called me and said um, they wanted to confirm my new number. Or if they want, if you send $5, you can get your card early. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to any of that. So you should be, if you haven't already Mm -hmm. gotten, um, getting or have gotten a new Medicare card, um, Something else that I always like to point out, if you are married, it's possible your spouse got their card a month ago and you haven't gotten yours yet. Yours is coming. There's no rhyme or reason as to how they are distributing this information. Um, It is really important to make sure you bring that new card with you when you go to the doctor the next time because they're going to need that new information. And we're encouraging folks don't destroy your old card just yet until you know that things are moving smoothly, but don't carry it with you. Yeah. So yeah. Um, 
But the good thing with these new cards, these new identifiers are, are going to be unique and it's not going to have that personal information on it, Nicole. So hopefully that's going to um, minimize um, identity theft and hopefully um, keep our seniors safer. Well, and I think the next wave of problems is going to be when people start destroying them because yes. people just toss them in the trash or... Oh, in, my word. Yes. I mean, seriously. So, exactly. Yeah. And so with that, you know, keep in mind too, and this goes across the board, it's so interesting you say this, I was... Um, cleaning out some old materials after my father passed away. My father was an only child and so was a caregiver for his parents. And the Medicare summary notices back then used to have their Medicare number. It was on everything. I was like, oh my word. So know that there are resources locally and, and this is going off on a tangent, but you can certainly <laughs> look on... Um, look for shredathons and yep. things of that nature. Um, there are events going on all across this state throughout the if you've got a shredder shred the card yeah. do something with it don't just throw it in the trash don't just rip it in half oh, yeah. um, people are pretty savvy sadly yeah. um but do whatever you can to keep your information safe definitely so what else about medicare open enrollment that we, should we talk about it's going on it's not going on that much longer it's not exactly so um the state health plan just ended their open enrollment October 31st, okay. so and that was a large part of our state. So um, coverage for those folks is going to begin January 1, but for um, you know the rest of the Medicare population, like I said, it goes through December 7th. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, um, take the time and do that review. It's mm -hmm. always a good idea. And you know, to your point, you mentioned at the very beginning, Nicole. Some people think it's working well for me. I don't want to change it. And you know what? If you're happy and it's going to still cover your meds, you don't have to change. Right. You don't have to. But it's worth it. It's worth a peek. It's worth a peek. Mm -hmm. Last year, I helped a couple. They were so sweet. And um, they have been on Medicare for several years. And they had been very happy with their prescription drug coverage. It's been paying well. And they just said, Melinda, will you just do a comparison for us? We saved them $4,000. Wow. So, um, it, and... Four thousand dollars is a lot That's to a me. Lot of money. That's a lot <laughs> I'm sure of money. it is for other people too. Wow. Um, but even if you don't contact SHIP, I mean, this is one thing too that I think is so great um, is that our Medicare population are so savvy and mm -hmm. so great themselves that they can go onto Medicare.gov and and do those comparisons and see what worked best. And sometimes they do it and they just want to call us for validation. Um, but know that we're available. Like I said earlier, we have coordinating sites all across the state. Um, those appointments are filling up very quickly. We have some sites that are full, but you can certainly reach out to us and we're available. So I guess a sort of a side question, you know, we have a lot of folks that listen to the show that are family caregivers. Yeah. Um, and I know sometimes things can be tricky when you're calling on behalf of a loved one. And so how, you know, is it is it pretty, I mean, are you all pretty willing to discuss with a family member, a loved mm -hmm. one's plan, if that person's hard of hearing or what have Absolutely. you, or is there a lot of barriers that you have to go None through? None at all. Okay. No. That's good. Um, we don't require the beneficiary to get on the phone okay. and make sure that we can speak on their behalf. Um, You're just getting quotes for plans. We're just, yeah. exactly. We're just getting the information and, and, and running it. So can a person make a change? How does the person actually make the change? You all talk to them on the phone, but mm -hmm. how do you put that into place? So if they want to enroll in a new plan, we can certainly assist with that as well. Oh, okay. It's a very quick and easy process. Okay. Um, we do it all day long. Okay. So we can help them from beginning to end, certainly with um, Medicare prescription drug plan enrollments and Medicare Advantage. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. 
Excellent. Melinda, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Oh, thank you so much for having me. uh, Incredibly educational. If you missed any part of this program, I want to encourage you to go online to WPTF.com. Head over to the Aging Matters section. There you can find this episode. And if you missed any of the uh, 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 nuggets that Melinda shared with us, that's the place to do it. WPTF.com. Head over to the Aging Matters section. Melinda Munden, she is the Deputy Commissioner with the North Carolina Department of Insurance and Director of the SHIP program and you can go online to find more at ncdoi.com slash slash ship and uh, there's two eyes there in ship and if you are interested in calling them the toll-free number is 855-408-1212 that's 855-408-1212 nicole we are running short on time here is there anything that we need to remind people about well we do have i we have one more caregiver summit coming up. That's right. <laughs> coming up on December 12th. Um, and actually, representative from SHIP will be there as well um, at the uh, Campbell University Leon Levine School of Medicine. And that is going to be another wonderful day of respite, resolution, and resources for the families that attend. Excellent. Caregiversummit.org is the website. We also have a link on the Aging Matters section of WPTF.com. You can find all the information about the Harnett County Caregiver Summit. Also want to thank our guests from earlier this evening, Victoria Sosa, Marketing Director of Cambridge Village of Apex. That's a retirement community. She shared some wonderful information with us as well. We are out of time for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope you'll join us again next Saturday evening at 7 for Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.